until you gotta have faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright wrote that it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. You've got to have faith. Indeed, indeed. So this is Reg Clay and Craig Dickerson. How are you uh, doing, Craig? Hey, Reg. Craig Dickerson here. <laughs> Uh, this is December the 9th. We skipped a week. Uh, that's because both of us were busy. I'm doing a Civil War Christmas, and uh, and you've got your job. And I've got no excuses. <laughs> I had to go hiatus. <laughs> no, no it, it's all good. And I think, you know, jumping a week is no big deal. So, yeah, one of the things today, I, I, I apologies towards everyone, but we'll get back on track, mm-hmm. is I, I, missed, I, I missed my Bible study this week. Shame on me. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> no one, yeah. I, but, mm-hmm. So, so we're a little bit off track, but we, nonetheless, we'd like to, uh, you know, get into the Advent season. And mm-hmm. next week we'll be back, and mm-hmm. looking forward to Christmas and the birth of a king. That's right, or so they say. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to open us up with a prayer, if that's all right. Sure, of course. And we'll, and we'll we'll see what we can we can figure out today. Absolutely. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for having us come together, Reg and I, today, to look into your words, and we ask you, please teach us your your words so that we can understand them and we can guard them, you know, and keep them in our hearts, because we always want our eyes looking at the things that are good, and we want you to confirm a promise that you've made to us, and that, that promise is that you love those who honor you. And uh, because your rules and your words are good. Yes. And, and uh, we want you to look at our desires, to learn your words, to live by them, and to understand your righteousness. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Was that my phone or your phone? Oh, I, th- I, think, I think that was me. Okay. <laughs> Not to worry. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, we went through a bunch of uh, verses uh, we tackled. Uh, we were looking early this morning at First Corinthians, also in Matthew twenty six thirty one, mm-hmm. also Psalms one seventeen. So we can yeah. we do either of these things. Well, since it's Advent and Advent started on the third, mm-hmm. and uh, I have this little little palm a psalm reader. Yeah, and it's. Uh, it gives you a psalm for every day of Advent until uh, 25th, and, yeah. and, or, and then Christ is born. So today <coughs> is the 9th of December, and I don't know when people are going to be listening to this podcast, but today we're, we're doing it on the 9th. And so on the 9th of December, they assigned uh, Psalm 117, and it's short and sweet. And yeah. Why don't you sure, I'll knock it out. Psalm, one, psalm 117, and this is the NIV version. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. 
Jackson all right. Nice and simple. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Psalms. If you just yeah. if you if you're just needing to turn to something real quick, yeah, you need a dose. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you you know you're you're going through your your yeah. Holy Bible. <laughs> I say. Go to Psalms and, you know, just that, like... That's exactly right. Like, hit it like a dartboard. <laughs> and you'll find something in there, though. Yeah. Like, okay, that's that's going to juice me for a little while. I'm sure any kid who has grown up in the Christian faith has had to memorize one, at least one psalm. Mm-hmm. Mine was Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord. And with I'm sure blah, I, blah, I, blah. when you, you were reading that earlier, and I was just like, oh, I think I heard a hymn or a, or a spiritual. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. there are plenty of songs that were you know pulled from it. But you're absolutely right. The Psalms is you know it's just it's Song of David, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and yeah, we were talking um, when we had lunch. I'm sorry, breakfast this morning. Um, just about our thoughts about Christianity. You know, we're nearing the the close of the year. I think we're going to do maybe two other podcasts for 2017. Mm-hmm. I'll be jumping on a plane heading back to D.C. Oh, will you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Immediately after. Yeah, it'll be nice. I've been seeing my folks uh, in, it's been a year. Oh, my goodness. So. Yeah. Oh, good for you, man. <laughs> oh, oh. So, uh, so. We'll be wishing you safe travels and a really good time. Absolutely. You're absolutely. looking forward to it, huh? Yeah, I am. I am. Wonderful. And uh, it'll be nice uh, after I finish the uh, the show, and then I can mm-hmm. leave work and leave all the stuff and uh, go back home. It's always wonderful coming back How home. How long is your visit? A week. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. You know, just a nice, quick week, you know, yeah. visit the folks and all that stuff. And, you know, celebrate, of course, the uh, Christmas and the birth of Christ and yeah. And then uh, head on back here. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, 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 no. That's fine. And uh, so I figured, you know, we could sort of um, because we've been talking about the pending death of Christ. Yeah, we went, we we went through uh, Matthew like I don't know, like nobody's business for mm-hmm. weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, I was saying like the and and it seems like the ma- majority of it was this the parables at the at the temple, right? Which probably was like an afternoon, right? You know, right. For, for Christ and the disciples and everybody right. else involved, but yeah. uh, Matthew just like you know tears into that, you know, on and on and on, and then yeah. we never concluded Matthew, which is basically the uh, you know the arrest and 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 crucifixion, and crucifixion, of Christ, crucifixion, yeah. and, and death of Christ, right. and a little bit about the resurrection, not a whole lot, and yeah. That's the end of the, his his story. So it's so it's like we've been sitting here anticipating, mm-hmm. you know, this is you know death of Christ, and yeah. now oh, it's Christmas. <laughs> right. uh, we're going to talk about the birth of a uh, right, exactly. uh, someone. Not so it's like a cliffhanger, you know, it leaves <laughs> you hanging, and um, and also you know to yeah. end the year on yeah. sort of a light note uh, to talk about the birth of Christ because you know it's it's a wonderful thing, and also put it back into perspective. You know, we've talked about Christmas and. Mm-hmm. The commercialization of Christmas, and it's important to know what uh, Christmas is really, really all about. Well, hopefully in the next two weeks we'll do that. But like I said, we've been doing Matthew Sloan. It's like I feel like I've been binge-watching <laughs> the last episode sure. of Matthew. Right. And now, <laughs> instead of finishing it, yeah, I'm going to turn to season one of Jesus. Right, <laughs> right, right. It really, it really is that way. It's like season one of Jesus. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. We're back. We're back where we started. <laughs> right. And it's nice to have Psalms because uh, it's 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 just a wonderful, it's a nice, sweet, and it really embodies, you know, um, I guess what this, the holiday spirit should be all about. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, 
Black Friday and, you know, going to Walmart and buying up stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really about the goodness of, of the heart. And, um, of course, I have that on my mind because we're doing this play, Civil War Christmas, which talks about so many different tapestries and stories of people from different walks of life during the Civil War and them understanding the meaning, the true meaning of Christmas and, um, and needing people mm-hmm. and, and, combi- and just joining with different uh, people from different cultures to celebrate um, the goodness in the world. What I always like about it, and, I, and uh, what 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 rings special to me is like, you know, intellectually and in our lives, uh, there's conflict, and we've been going through these lessons and parables, and it's like, come on, reach in, yeah. dive in, yeah. dig out some meaning here. Yeah, you know, do something good, even if it's hard. Sure. Do it. And there's been all this kind of like, I feel like we've been cracking the whip and cracking the yeah. whip, yeah. saying, "This is what Jesus <laughs> told you to do." Now listen up, people. Right. And, Christmas is a, is a time where you just put aside all of that, mm-hmm. and and all you do is go like, oh, I hope, I hope with all my heart. Yeah, and this is like, there's no lesson here. Right. There's no con- <laughs> there's no conscription here. Yeah. Yeah. We're not making you do something. Right. This is something you can do because yeah. this because what came in to this world mm-hmm. was hope. Right. Was hope and light and joy yeah. and love. Mm-hmm. That's what came into this world. That's what caused this, all this to happen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. You, uh, we talk about hope and, you know, like the birth of a child and how much meaning it has and how much hope people had, you know, who, who believed. I mean, the prophets and um, Paul the Apostle. Mm-hmm. You know, people, I mean, the, the birth of Christ had been predicted um, in the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, um, there'll be the son of man who will come to, you know, to die for our sins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about I don't know why my mind went to this, but um, a lot of the there are some movies that are considered messianic. And like uh, I think about uh, Dune, mm-hmm. um, Paul of Atreides. <laughs> I think about uh, Star Wars. Uh-huh. And, and matter of fact, The Last Jedi will be coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. And that's a messianic movie. You know, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker, he'll be the one who will come, who will alleviate all whatever. Yeah. And it's amazing how the story of Christ is so potent that even movie, you know, filmmakers will pull a little bit of that and uh, create these stories, lines of there'll be one person who will save the entire universe. And these movies are very popular. Right. It's Christ-like. I mean, it's like a sprinkle of Christianity. But not quite Christianity. (laughs) (laughs) But there's nothing like the real deal, right? Yeah, but you know, everyone, uh, everyone has uh, these expectations. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can say it's Old Testament or prediction or lore or whatever, right? But everyone has these expectations, Mm -hmm. you know, especially at this time, and they get really kind of like energized, right? I mean, so much so that a lot of people get stressed out. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, I'd get so excited. Yeah, that's every right. Christmas, you know, oh my goodness, you know, because you know, I want to get up and wake wake up and have presents and <laughs> that's and right. That, that. I would get so excited, I'd make myself ill. Yeah, I, seriously, I would. I would go to bed <laughs> Christmas Eve, you know, sick to my stomach yeah. because I was just so wound up. Wound I did the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, I would. I would like. Go, I'd, I'd get a fever. Yeah, and, and I'd have to go to bed early because you know, yeah. I'd make myself sick with this. Uh, yeah, it's amazing how, you know, we're we're approaching, you know, I'm not quite 50, but I'm getting there. But um, just th- that you can't you can't uh, recreate the the anticipation of just the, the spectacularness of uh, Christmas as a child. 
I remember, I have a couple of uh, Christmas stories. I remember, so I had a, a tumultuous relationship with my mom who passed away. Um, there were a lot of just issues and closures that she didn't really have. There were a lot of things she went through in her childhood that she hadn't resolved. And I remember there was a lot of tension in my family household that, of course, as a kid, I didn't quite understand. My parents had divorced when, um, separated when I was seven. And I remember the Christmas of 76, and there was so much tension, but we put up a tree. I helped decorate it. It may be my first time doing it. And I remember sitting, and we turned the lights out, and I'm sitting on my mom's lap, just looking at the tree. We're just silent. And the the glow of the lights just illuminated the room. And it wasn't so much about the toys or whatever, but there was just a peace mm. that we hadn't had all year because there was yelling and screaming and whatever. And, oh but this one time around, nothing but peace. And I remember that. I don't know why that just sticks in my head. Um and I'm sure people can relate to that. You know, if you've had to go through crap in the office or, I don't know, you're riding in BART and let's say you've been um, mugged or whatever or you're worried about the bills and, and whatever and all of a sudden you just, there's one moment where you can just relax, where you can just say, like, you know, we'll be taking time off. All of us will be taking time off for Christmas holiday season. We'll be traveling or whatever, but there'll be just one moment where you can just sit back in your chair and just relax and just absorb the peace. Yeah. Of Christmas or Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. Take a t- take time to look around. Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, get up and uh, and, and watch the sunrise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or watch it set. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, this is this this is a about a birth, and but there's there's going to be a birth and and reiteration mm-hmm. about this birth and and what it is. Mm-hmm. This. Uh, over and over again in, in yeah. churches and in people's homes mm-hmm. and with each other and their their fellowship or with their families and friends. That's and, right. You know, even baptism, uh, you know, is like a, a death. Yeah. But it's also a birth. I a mean, rebirth. That's when right. You're, when you're when you're baptized, it means you know you give you've given mm-hmm. your body to the ground already. Yeah. And you've given your spirit mm-hmm. to uh, a, a, a something higher than yourself. Yeah. So in a way, that's like a birth and a death yeah. at the same time. And, yeah. and so these, this is just a celebration of that mystery. Yeah. You know, when, when God came mm-hmm. from a place where there is no death, mm-hmm. there is only life. Yeah. And, and said, okay, let's see how you see things. Yeah. I want to see things the way you see things. Right. So that you can see things mm-hmm. the way I see things. Right, it's very hard for us in this finite world. Mm-hmm. In this, in this law, I was talking about my dad's crass wisdom. Yeah, we live. <laughs> he he has it. a lot of crass wisdom sure. for this world. Sure, one of his favorite phrases was "shit rolls downhill." Yeah, and you know we can't we can't deny gravity. We cannot deny sure. um, the brutality of human existence and the fact that we mm-hmm. we you know we grow old, we get sick, we die, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, in this in this mortal yeah. coil. But one yeah. of the things we can do, especially around Christmas time, is we can celebrate that connection. That's right. Where, you know, our souls mm-hmm. and our minds and our hearts yeah. can understand what it is to be just light, mm-hmm. to be just good. Yeah. Because one one day, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this happened. Good came into the world. Yeah. Real honest 
yeah. pure mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah. And one day mm-hmm. it will come again. Right. You know. Yeah, and that's that's the promise uh, that that Christ gives to us, and which is why you know is one of the reasons why 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 we are Christians because you know we 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 understand the importance of um, of of the gift that God has given us. You know, there's the birth of Christ, and we know that He will give His life to us. Um, I also, you know, when I, when you were talking, when we talk about you know the peace and just you know taking time to just look at what's good in the world. I read a lot of, sometimes I go, I read these advice columnists and a lot of people are stressed out when they go home for Christmas because they have to deal with family members who may not see eye to eye with way they are. I have have a bunch of friends who are gay and lesbian and, you know, they don't want to go back to the conservative family and they don't want to deal with political discussions and what have you. And a lot of these things detract from what Christmas really is. So, don't get so tied up into, you know, uh, Christmas should not be a stressful thing where, oh, my God, I got to go to Christmas. I got to <laughs> visit so-and-so and this and that or whatever. Really understand. You can even, you know, share this with, you know, family members. What, listen, this isn't about family or past discussions or past grievances or my opinion being better than yours. This is a season of giving and sharing and bonding and communing and understanding, you know, um, the gift that 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 uh, Christ has given us, th- this promise, this hope, if you choose to believe it, that um, that uh, he can sort of I mean, it's almost like a, um, like I've heard bankruptcy is, is discussed this way where you sort of wipe away all your debts <laughs> and you can start anew. Right. And uh, that and that's a wonderful thing <laughs> where you can just, you know, wipe the slate clean and restart from the beginning. I mean, just like a building, an old building just gets, you know, pushed away all the sins and now you can you know rebuild yeah. what what are some other christmas memories uh, that you have um i don't know i have to think about that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i remember um <coughs> my grandmother would always have this uh enormous christmas tree it was be like a, a ritual mm-hmm. that she would have and all the kids would go to my grandmother mother clay's house and of course there'd be toys that aunts and uncles would have left us and whose gift is that and that would, you know that stuff and i remember i think i've shared this story before but so in 1985, I remember the year, I went to my uh, grandmother's house expecting the same old thing, but there was no tree. Oh, right. And she was in the kitchen just fixing <laughs> breakfast. And I'm like, and I felt so, I felt robbed <laughs> because I was entitled. I was like, wait a minute, where's the tree and where's the toys and the presents and the decorations? Where is it? And she's like, listen, people have grown up and people are, have their own families and they're doing their own thing. And um, no one came to do a tree and all. So so there is no tree. There's no tree. And I'm like, darn, there's no, is there no Christmas? <laughs> she's like, of course it's Christmas. And of course, you know, this is the celebration of the birth of Christ. It's not about a Christmas tree. It's not about the toys or the gifts or whatever. And it felt like a slap in the face, but it was a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about us. What do we make it to be? Do we make it into this commercialized thing? Do we just wake up and and things just materialize? No, we have to make it. If, if Christmas will be this commercialized thing, that's our problem. We've made it mm-hmm. a commercialized thing. But if it really is about the purity and giving and just uh, and not even giving a, a gift or you know, a card, but just you know letting someone know that you love them and that you care for them and that you'll be there for them, reinforcing the bond. If you make it that, then it will be. 
I think it's. I think that's a that's a great lesson. Yeah. To, to take from that. Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that you were disappointed, I'm sorry. There <laughs> <laughs> was no Christmas. Well, at, 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 at 15, 16, I should have known better. Yeah, at 15, 16, you should have been making your own, <laughs> just like she told you. To. Right, right, right. I just, okay, you, you asked me to think about it. Think about it. Yeah, I told you, I, you when I was a kid. I mean, yeah. you know, we'd go to midnight mass, and you know, mm-hmm. we'd have like gobs of presents, yeah. and I'd get, you know, I'd make myself sick with expectation, mm-hmm. and then the next day, Christmas Day. Boom, unwrapping feverishly, playing with the toys, loving it, you know, cookies and, you know, mm-hmm. all morning long. And then we go over to other f- houses of our, you know, extended family and see people and get hugs and kisses mm-hmm. and, you know, on, on. And it was wonderful until I became a teenager and it was just like, bullshit, I don't, I don't want to do this crap anymore. <laughs> I don't give a damn about toys. And, you know, you, yeah. know, you know, and, you know, it's like all of a sudden I'm a, I became a wise guy. So I developed my own tradition, which is get the hell out of the house as quickly as possible mm-hmm. on Christmas Day so mm-hmm. I don't have to hang out with my, you know, crazy family. Yeah. And go to a pool hall. Mm. And so I, I started a tradition with uh, a friend of mine mm-hmm. who had kind of felt the same way yeah. I did because we were both teenagers and, and in cahoots together. Yeah. And we'd go find a pool hall, and that would be, you know, our new yeah. Tradition. So yeah. I was just going <laughs> to, and in a way, you know, one such a, no, it was probably a really good idea to do that because it's like I made it. It wasn't, it wasn't what it used to be. It wasn't, you know, about all the, you know, you know, grabbing, you know, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like that anymore. I wanted right. to grow up and mm-hmm. be an adult. So I made it something special to me. Mm hmm. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start something new. You know, I'm going to po- go play pool. Yeah. You know, and and really, really do that. Mm-hmm. And I kept it up for a few years. Mm-hmm. It's tradition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> up until until kind of got bored with that, too. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, decided maybe I need to be thinking about this in maybe another way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you grow older. But I would say, like, you know, for those families, you know, you were talking about earlier, you go home and it's like, oh, no, I've got to deal with the stressfulness. Aunt of Jenny a, or Uncle uh, Bill or whoever yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's right. Uh, my, my uncle's a right-wing, <laughs> right, know, right. you know, <laughs> right-wing fanatic. Yeah. And I, you know, I cannot talk politics with this dude or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Just uh, do something. Find something to make it your own. Yeah, that's right. Make the holiday. Make the special day of hope, you know. And love mm-hmm. about something that really means something personal to you. That's exactly right. You know, I mean, if if, if you can do anything, do that. <coughs> you know, take a look around, see the birth and of something yeah. in your life, whether it's a sunrise or a sunset. Or, right. You know, but, but that's kind of that's kind of the the advice I would give. Yeah, you know? I have one other uh, Christmas uh, story to share. Um, this was in '96. Eleven years uh, later, so I've finished school and I'm back home in D.C. and uh, I've got a job uh, working for the federal government. I think it was uh, the Corporation for National Service. Um, it was something that Bill Clinton had created. It was AmeriCorps and Triple C and Vista and all of that stuff. And my parents had just got a house, and uh, they um, it was one of those deals where they had to pay, I think, nine hundred dollars a month, and then they had the option to buy at the end of the year. And they didn't realize that um, paying utilities for an apartment is vastly different from paying utilities for a house. It's way more. 
uh, the 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 uh, electricity and the gas and all of that stuff is just you know much yeah. much higher on a home <clears throat> on a home and um, they were running into money problems and um, this, this is actually my second mom this time around so um, this is um, you know my, the mom current mom that I have right now. And uh, the kids, so now I have Andre and Nikki as a brother and sister, and, you know, they're young uh, kids right now uh, at, at the time. So I went uh, to visit, you know, their home, and um, Dad Dad has this ritual where he would be like, hey, man, uh, I can't get any, no gifts. I, you know, I just money's really, really tight. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, okay. And then... On Christmas Eve, he will wheel out the gifts. You know, it's like, psych, here it is. And, you oh, know, really? <laughs> and that would be a thing that he would do every single Christmas. So this, this particular <laughs> he'd, Christmas. He'd lower your expectations. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he would do that for the kids. It was like a little trick. And you'd be like, oh, that's okay. We'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, but of course, you will be really tight this year. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. But, of course, you know, a Christmas Day, boom, there it is. So this Christmas Eve, um, I come over and I, I've got some gifts. And um, he's like, listen. Don't have anything this time around. And he's not talking about me giving a gift to me because I'm an adult. He's talking about the kids. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm dead serious. You know, I'm th- getting this house, I'm, j- I'm just totally wiped out. Did and, everything, huh? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, you really don't have anything. And <laughs> I saw the look on his face, and he was like, I don't know what to do because I can't, I, you know, I've got – Andre and Nikki, they're like seven and eight years old, and, you know, yeah. then I don't have anything to do. Luckily, I had bought, I had went on a spending spree. I mean, I th- and, of course, this was around the time that uh, consoles were very, very big. There was uh, the Nintendo 64, and there was the Sega Genesis, and <laughs> um, I can't even think of, you know, how many of them there were out there. There were also these console wars. I think the PlayStation was out at the same time. And... I had supplied, you know, pretty much all of the gifts, and I even gotten, you know, a leather coat for both mom and dad, and a little scanner for him because he was a graphic designer. And I sort of supplied Christmas, you know, for the family. Yeah, that was sweet of you. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was sort of unexpected, but yeah. uh, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm so happy, yeah, and yeah. it was one of those things where I'm working, I got cash, I can do, yeah. I can do this. And you know, if God put me in this position so that I can do this, because if it happened, if the, if the same situation had happened the year before where I did not have the job, mm-hmm. then there really would have been nothing at all. <laughs> it would have been like, uh, sorry, Dad. <laughs> and it was a special Christmas, and it sort of told me it's not so much about receiving, but it's about giving. It really is the act of giving, mm-hmm. and. I know the story is sort of commercialized. Oh, okay, you bought a bunch of toys and stuff, but it's really just the act of giving and the smile on people's face. When we think about what gives us joy, a lot of times we think of what we receive. Oh, my God, he gave me this. She gave me that. Now I'm happy. But there's a happiness in giving. Uh, there's a happiness, and it's, it's, I really think it's so much better than, than receiving. It's so funny. I just turned to Luke 22 uh-huh. or 21. Yeah. Um, I want to read this. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, Looking up, Jesus saw uh, rich people throwing their gifts into a collection box for the temple treasury. Uh, He also saw a poor widow throw in two small copper coins worth a penny. Hmm. He said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than all of them. All of them are giving out their spare change, but she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she has to live on. There you go. 
Oh, that my is goodness. exactly right. Well, there you go. I, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of serendipitous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's sacrifice. When we think about sacrifice, and I, we understand the concept, but I don't think that we truly appreciate the, the true meaning of sacrifice. When you give some, so much of yourself that, you know, it's, it's, um, it's voluminous. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than you expect to give. And that is what I truly believe true love is all about. I don't want to beat a, you know, like I don't want to beat people up today. I mean, no, 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 of course. I understand, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's what we've been doing with the parables. Yeah. Do this, do that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, saying like, you know, you will experience poverty <laughs> and needy people and you will make a choice. Right, but right. Hopefully this season if we can think about, mm-hmm. you know, the giving. Yeah. I mean, you, th- you thought about that, you, that, that Christmas that you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you sacrificed. Right. And, uh, yeah. And think about it as kind of like a joyful thing. Right. Something that should be easy to do. Right. A lot of people out there ringing bells. That's exactly um, right. And times are really tough right, right now, and, and, and they look like they're going to get tougher. Sure. I think about the folks down in uh, Los Angeles and San Diego. You know, there's a horrific fire. I mean, it's so sad that, you know, horrific things like this happen during the, you know, the holiday season. Well, there's already lots and lots of more homeless people down there than yeah, right, this year right. than in years prior. Yeah. Um, basically, because of the cost of living and the fact that there's no uh, infrastructure for um, housing for right. folks. And so people go there and don't have a, any way to uh, make a living. Yeah. Uh, that uh, make enough of a living to uh, even afford rent. Right, that's right. So that's why, and now, you know, of course, people are even more displaced because of, you know, the natural disasters that are taking place. So, you know, you don't have to really think too hard or look too hard to see that there's need. Yeah. There's all, uh, it's there. And I mm-hmm. don't, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want like I said, I don't want to lecture anybody. But, uh, yeah. but this <coughs> is a time where it should be, it should be pretty easy and should feel good and and easy to 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 try and help somebody else. Yeah, to open your heart and also be thankful for what you have oh, because yeah. it's not guaranteed, you know. No, this is this is all finite, folks. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the expectation that we that we have that our life is going to be and really when you think about the stress that we have, it really is all about change. You know, and we all f- deal with uh, uh, change, like changing the economy. Things aren't always as it is. You know, there's this election. I don't want to get into politics too much, but, you know, the roar and more. Oh, you can Alabama get in thing. all you want. <laughs> you, you, you can get, get right but, in. But, you know, I think the, 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 the true arc, not to get into the sexual allegations and why Alabama would elect someone like Roy Moore instead of Doug Jones. But I, I really do believe it's about. There are people who address change, and they are adverse to it. They're like, oh, my God, why can't we have things the good old-fashioned way? Oh. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, the good old-fashioned you're way. really candy-coating us. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 you are. And then there are those who <laughs> embrace change, even difficult change, and say, okay, I'm going to meet this thing head-on, and I'm going to address it and deal with it, mm-hmm. whether it be racial change, social change, economic change. Oh, my God, my office – has a new policy, I've got to take these tests or whatever, or what they're asking me to do is different from what they asked me to do beforehand. Am I going to lose my job because of it? Um, or, oh, my God, my rent just went up or whatever. I mean, there are difficult changes. There are changes that we deal with all the time. And the question is, um, do we panic and do we scapegoat? Well, it's your fault. It's somebody else's fault. 
it's the president's fault. It's, or do you say, okay, how do I handle this? Let me examine myself. Let me examine the situation and how do I deal with it? I mean, I think, I think when we deal with all of these issues, it's about looking within, I would think, look, looking within and figuring out how, how do I um, deal with it, how do I handle it. And I think as a Christian, it really helps me because um, it's, it gives me the emotional support that I need to, to handle this stuff. It's a wonderful thing to know that there's a God. I think of a helpless baby yeah. being born, yeah. a refugee, right. fleeing for their lives in a foreign country. That's right. Uh, coming here to give us the light of the world. Totally helpless, helpless mom, helpless kid, That's right. helpless dad. That's exactly right. Uh, it, depending upon kindness of people willing to give them a shed to have the baby be born in. Right. Strangers who would look after him. Right. And make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. he's born into a world that has some moderate amount of safety for him. Yeah. I think of that. I think of all the disparate groups who have no power right now, mm-hmm. who are trying in their own way to to have rights, to have dignity, yeah. to have some kind of voice and equality. Mm-hmm. And I think of the small group that runs this place right. who have decided to say rules don't matter for us right right now. Right. Because it would be inconvenient for us to acknowledge that rules mattered. Sure. That there was a right and there was a wrong. It would be inconvenient mm-hmm. for us to do that. Yeah. These are the people in power and you know who I'm talking about. Right. And my dad would always tell me crap rolls downhill. Right. These problems are still going to be here. Yeah. And and, and, the, and the people who are doing something yeah. about it, the people yeah. who are addressing them, yeah. these problems, addressing this change, mm-hmm. are the people who don't have the power to do so, right. but who have no other choice but to deal with it. Yeah. The people in the power, they don't have to deal with this crap. Yeah. They don't have to yeah. deal with it. And what's important... They can keep pushing it downhill. Right. What's important is a lot of these problems are not created by us. You know, if you live in the ghetto... It doesn't matter. We're dealing with them. Right. It doesn't matter whether who created them. Right. They're here. Right. They're here, and, and you have to deal with them. Right. Well, you know, yeah, I mean... Most, I, most do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about guys like Trump. You know, you can draw the parallel to King Herod. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's, that would be a compliment. Right. King Herod at least could finish a complete <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and the story of uh, Salome, who was uh, the uh, homeless prostitute or whatever, who requested the head of John the Baptist, you know, the decadence yeah. of it all. And um, Yeah, there is – yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm disgusted, but yeah. at the same time, I, you know, I realize that it's on us people. Yeah. It's on us to love one another, to help one another, mm-hmm. because nobody's going to do it for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In fact, they're going to try and avoid doing anything for us. Sure. All we have are us, and that's another reason why, you know, the act of giving is not just a, a sort of Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers sort of thing. All we should give to each other, really, who, do, who else do we have? Who else do we have? I mean, I remember last year I had to move out of my apartment that, you know, it had just devastated me. This is in 2015. And it was the goodness of a good friend of mine, an Asian friend named Wendy, who opened up her home uh, to me. And I needed that. 
yeah. and it helped me sort of, you know, rebuild myself. And so I'm very, very thankful. And, you know, I would have done the same thing for her. And that's an example yeah. of, of, uh, of giving. Um, I wanted to go on a, a, bit, a little bit of a, uh, a rant or whatever, because I know, you know, I had uh, I have another podcast, The Yay. And so I had a woman, uh, Alicia Von Kugelgen, who is Jewish. And she talked about how her her views on Christianity, especially Christmas, uh, as a Jewish person, and um, she didn't she didn't it wasn't resentment, but it was my goodness, why is Christianity just pushed down our throats, especially during Christmas time? Like you know, we see these commercials. Oh, he went to Jared. He gave me a five thousand dollar <laughs> ring. How wonderful it is! Oh, oh, sweetheart, another Lamborghini. Well, thank you so much. You what do love you? me. Yeah, you do love me. This is what love is. Mm-hmm. And all of these commercials, you know, people don't live in apartments. <laughs> it's not like they live in the ghetto. These yeah, have the sprawling seven bedroom houses. <laughs> a nice circular driveway to put that Lamborghini. And the kids are beautiful, and nobody's fat in these yes. commercials, <laughs> and you know, everyone is wonderful, mostly white. So let's be honest. And um, and I, I totally understand some people having resentment towards um, Christmas and Christianity, especially during this time of the year. Oh, my gosh. It's enough to make you just not like it. Yeah, 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 of course. And uh, and we talked about earlier um, during lunchtime off mic about how I think America sort of dominated how we view Christianity, mm. especially um, – you know, in light of uh, the, the religious right, which happened during the 60s. And we talked about the Great Awakenings. So the first Great Awakening happened, um, you can look at all of this in Wikipedia, in the pre-America, uh, pre-United um, States. This is like the uh, 1750s, 1740s, when um, Jonathan Smith gave the speech, Sinners in the Hangings of an Angry God. And the focus was, you know, um, you can read the Bible, you can have a personal relationship with God all by yourself. Um, certainly the preacher can help you, but it's your Christianity is not based on just the preacher himself, but you need to take responsibility for your Christianity. So that was the first great awakening. The second great awakening had to deal with having an emotional connection to God and it spurred the abolitionist movement. This happened during the, um, the early, uh, part of America and, you know, during the early 1800s. And it spurred the abolitionist movement. Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote to Uncle Tom's Cabin because she was moved. It was a Christian uh, piece about our relationship between African Americans and, and slave owners. And it spurred the Civil War. And then you have the Third Great Awakening, which was about temperance and about the suffrage movement. It spurred the YMCA. It spurred um, the Salvation Army. These were the folks like Carrie Nation who would burn down liquor stores and, and, and what have you. Um, and then you have the Fourth Great Awakening, which, was a, which were about the televangelists, the marketing of Christianity. These created the super mega churches and, and uh, radio um, ministers, um, Father Coughlin. Billy Graham, uh, Jim Tammy Faye Baker, Jimmy Swaggart. I'm sure you you grew up with these folks um, listening to them oh or gosh. watching them on TV. Oh, my gosh. You my, know. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think my mom at one point liked Tammy, Jim and Tammy. They, she wanted to beat Jim yeah, and Tammy. Yeah, the, yeah, the 700 <laughs> Club and Jerry Falwell yeah. and the political. Pat Robertson. Yeah, and Pat Robertson, um, Oral Roberts. The, the, um, oh, that's kind and, of the, and the politicization. Of Christianity. Yeah, that's where the, well, in, in, where I grew up in Texas, it was tied tied, uh, tied that kind of Christianity to uh, well, the wealthy white people in power. That's so, right, the religious so, right. And 
whatever they whatever they yeah. wanted. Yeah. Basically, whether at sometimes it was yeah. you know for conservative ideas, sometimes it wasn't. You know, but but the, the, the church would always tie itself to these wealthy. Now it's the wealthy white mm. white. Right, exactly. And so when people think about, oh, I don't even want to think about Christianity and these people, you know, shaming me for the way that I live. That's a conscript that really only existed between, in my opinion, you can disagree with me all you want, from the the late 1960s. It was a backlash from the, the peace and love movement. You know, where, you know, we're introduced to rock and roll and these kids, you know, were like, oh, I'm liberated. Sexual revolution. Yeah, the sexual revolution and Bob Dylan and, and all and of this those was folks. And this was a response to that. Right, right, exactly. And it was, it was a way for the Republican Party to sort of get out of the shadow of Kennedy and um, and what was Kennedy's thing? Uh, it was um, not the New Deal, but basically, you know, Peace Corps and the youth taking, you know, having political control over America and uh, the Peace Corps and... And just being, you know, and let's say not fighting all of these wars. You know, Kennedy didn't want to. He wanted to dismantle a lot of the um, the powers that um, the um, that that the Joint Chiefs of Staffs and um, what am I trying to say? The um, the military industrial complex. That's what I was trying to say. No. Trying to dismantle that. And a lot of people think that's why Kennedy got killed. And so the Republicans needed. How do we win America back? Well, that's how it happened. They went to church and they were like, listen, you know, if you believe in God, then you'll vote this way. God wants you to vote against gays and vote against um, Planned Parenthood and all of that stuff. All that stuff seems kind of dinosaur right now, though. It, yeah. You know? But, I, mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, know, I know it's a reality for a lot of people still living. Sure. You know, in, in very conservative red mm-hmm. places. But uh, yeah. I got to tell you, I've been you know, living here in Northern California, and that stuff just seems like so antiquated. I would and think it, that it would. almost backward. I think that it would have died out, but obviously, if it really did die out, we wouldn't have Donald Trump. We wouldn't have Roy Jones. Well, we, we still have, have people living under that kind of yeah. uh, pressure. I mean, I grew up in that kind of environment. I thought it was a, a joke then, mm-hmm. but I didn't stay there. Yeah. If I'd stayed in Texas, I would. I'd probably still have to be eating the leftovers from that junk. Yeah. And See? and here I am mm-hmm. in a bubble in Northern California where. You know, that kind of stuff is barely tolerated and considered dumbass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And here I, here I am preaching. Yeah. <laughs> preaching the word of God. Yeah. <laughs> or trying yeah. to understand the word of God yeah. and, and send the message across. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think folks here realize you know, just, just you know, how, you know, how it. How difficult this this line is to straddle sure, sure. for someone who knows both yeah. you know both aspects of right, this. and that's the reason. <laughs> I mean, that's my little button. I mean, that's the reason why I bring all of this up because Christianity has become a bad word because of this history and really the Americanized lens of you know Christianity has been around long before the United States. I say I say any any organized religion that you know. Preaches love as as That's its right. basis is kind of doing the right thing. Exactly. I, we coming we, we come at it from a Christian lens because that's what we understand. That's it, right. And that's how we connect to it. And we're and we're still trying to connect to the Word. Like I you know mm-hmm. like I said at the beginning when we started this process, it's like I'm opening this Bible like I'm reading it for the first time because I'm kind of reading it for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, in a, in a way that I really want it mm-hmm. to kind of not just wash over me, right? but uh, kind of dig in and find some truths mm-hmm. 
and some, some good ways to live one's life. I mean, a, a sober, mature way of trying to find a answers, exactly right. in, answers in this wicked world. Yeah. But, but anybody who, who seeks their life in, in, in the spirit of finding love for themselves and others, mm-hmm. you know, and, and love for God, if, you, if, if, if that's what you want, mm-hmm. you know, I say more power to them. Mm-hmm. But using using God or spirituality in order to get something from someone else, right? Doesn't doesn't really work on me. Mm-hmm. I find it all gibberish. Yeah, and dangerous at the worst. Yeah, but stupid. At, at, yeah, you know, in, you know, in the best in the best day. Yeah, my analogy is a coat of paint. If you use Christianity as a coat of paint to cover up your ugliness, if you use Christianity to attack gays and lesbians to be homophobic, if you use it to attack women, women should be in the in the in the kitchen because God wants it to be that way. You know that's misogyny. If you use it to attack racism, I mean, you know, even the Klan used the Bible to justify what they were doing, which is horrible. If you use Christianity as a coat of paint, that's sin, and it's an, it's an egregious sin. Well, it's it, it just. It, it does nothing but you know just hurt the name of Christianity That's and exactly other right. people. I mean, I have the similar things where they would use Christianity to not do the things that they should do, right? Uh, to put off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the things that they needed to put off certain responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, the church that I grew up in was sort of real kind of lax, mm-hmm. and that's another problem with yeah. Christianity. Yeah, is that not only can it be used to, you know, cover up bad things, mm-hmm. but it can be used to stall the good things. Right. And, uh, and so it's, it's no wonder to me that people are like, oh, my goodness, you know, you're, here you are, you know, you're talking this like, you know, religion, which doesn't seem to really do any social good at all. And right. It's like, well, no, that's not entirely true. Right, right exactly. That's not entirely true either. Yeah. So I think it's – I feel like it's my calling or my mission right now mm-hmm. in order to give it a good word by understanding and living it right. in, in a way that I propose I want to. And maybe, you know, I can see others doing or wanting mm-hmm. to do similar. Yeah. That's all. That's, that's kind of where yeah. I'm at. Yeah, and it seems like we're you know we're fighting. Not only do we fight against the tide of those who let's say don't believe. I mean that's I don't really worry about that. But we also fight against the tide of those who do believe but put Christianity in that horrible slant or in that horrible light or misuse it. That's right. That, that's exactly right. Or misuse it. Yeah, it's tough. I yeah. don't. I don't know how. I don't know how people. You know, especially people who live it. You mm-hmm. know, people who mm-hmm. uh, like people in. You know, studying divinity school or sure. people who dedicated their lives to, you know, mm-hmm. to service, you know, in, in amongst of like a church or yeah. organization like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough because mm-hmm. they're, you know, we talk about the, you know, the, the kind of things we have to straddle and the evil and the difficult things we have to straddle just as people, just as normal lay people yeah. in everyday life. It becomes amplified when you were a priest. Right. Or a religious leader, mm-hmm. or so, or somebody in authority, mm-hmm. you know, who's not only supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, lead this good example, but is, but are trying to, you know, help all of us do it. Sure. sure. So it gives me a special um, respect. Yeah. A respect for that because, man, 
it's tough. It's tough, and yeah. it's tough for you know a, a lot of a lot of people who are facing moral difficulty and who are leaders today. Sure, <laughs> you can see you can see the battlefield starting yeah. to happen. You know, yeah, there's people who want to do good. Yeah. Well, temptation, you know, temptation always pops up. I mean, you know, this if if, if, you know nothing this entire month has been all about. We've seen the temptations of, um, you know, we can talk about Al Franken and uh, Louis C.K. and a bunch of other folks dealing with their temptation or their past temptations. You know, you think. Oh, oh you're you're going to play the man card, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And thinking, well, I've built a good enough reputation. People will forget about my past. Well, guess what? You know, your past will come to haunt you. Yeah, well, if you know, mm-hmm. uh, apparently, you, mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, the people in the people in in the spotlight. Yeah, uh, things are changing. That's there's exactly a, right. There's a there's a there's a changing tide about that. Yeah. Um, what we don't see, and what we're not talking about, is yeah. the kind of domestic violence and, oh, and right. stuff that's that's happening all the time. That's exactly right. To all kinds of uh, women who don't have a voice, right, at all. That's exactly right. Who have to put up with misogyny, mm-hmm. rape, yeah, you know, violations mm-hmm. every single day. Right. You know, I mm-hmm. mean. Uh, I know there are people who have, you know, lived in, you know, uh, I, li- I lived in uh, a home where mm-hmm. you know, my parents, uh, you know, abused each other. Wow, yeah. And um, in various ways. Yeah. In physical and emotional yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Yeah. So I understand, you know, kind of, you know, what it's like to be around that all the time. And it's a, mm-hmm. and a, and what what it, what excites and energizes me about some of this mm-hmm. is not just the fact that it's oh well, these celebrities are all getting it <laughs> yeah right you know and and oh these celebrity women are getting justice right you know because right. you know a lot of people aren't but what what excites and energizes me mm-hmm. is that you know maybe for maybe for the first time in a long time we yeah. can start to see you know. That ordinary people, mm-hmm. you know, who don't have a lot of control, yeah. are starting to see that they're not, uh, you know, there may not be uh, a, a whole life of living with fear for them. Yeah, and they have some hope now. Yeah, I think yeah. The one of the good things I was talking to a couple of friends because we were wondering, okay, people are speaking up, but what's the end game? I mean, you know, what? So what happens? I mean, um, let's say. Al Franken, you know, abused a woman, and a woman actually testifies and says on social media, he did this. And he says, well, I apologize, or, okay, I'm going to step down from office. Is that it? And and it, what's the whole purpose? I think the, the purpose, I guess, is letting, I mean, if you, when you, when someone is suffering from pain, and I've talked about my, my mom, who uh, went through a lot of that as a child, and, you know, they, they, there's conversation about how a black woman is even more disenfranchised than let's say the average or or than than a white woman because that's just how it it is socially and it's unfortunate you know there there are plenty of black women who go through this but a lot of them are never heard at all i mean bill cosby went through a slew of women and it's not getting the type of uh, publicity as as a lot of these women go through uh, right now um but when you know that you're not alone, that 
it's not just happening to you. When you hear other people, other women say, hey, this happened to me, this is my story, I'm sure it has it gives another woman who has disenfranchised a sense of solidarity. Wow, Evangelina Jolie went through this with Harry Weinstein. She's going through the exact same thing that I did. So, and I think social media has a lot to do with it. I mean, you know, there's, it's, it's like having a, a microphone for everyone. Everyone can tweet or share on Facebook, you know, the whole Me Too movement. You know, it, it helps. But there's still, you know, I mean, it's still going on, though. I mean, yeah. uh, this, this didn't just happen and right. stop happening. Right. I mean, what I'm talking about is like, you know, now the maid in the hotel room who gets molested by the customer right. has maybe some hope that they, she can go to her general manager and and do something about it mm-hmm. instead of just going like, if I say anything, I've lost my job and I've lost everything. Yeah. That's the reality. Right. They're not, you know, they can't just go on TV and say this is wrong. Right. They can't even go to their boss and say that it's wrong. Right. They probably can't go home because they're embarrassed or ashamed and tell their husband what happened and don't want to tell him because right. they don't want him to come in right. and 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 mm-hmm. destroy the, her chances of having a sure. you know a, a job and an income. Right. This is talking. This is fear, people. Fear that women live every single day in mm-hmm. every kind of interaction mm-hmm. they make, whether they go to the doctor, mm-hmm. whether they go to work, right? You know, whether they hang out, you know, with family, right? You know. Sometimes, you know, they get it from their spouses. Yeah. And they can't right. do a damn thing about it. Right. You know? And and this is, uh, you know, this is this is what it's all, this is what the end game is about, mm-hmm. is is creating a world, a better world, mm-hmm. where women don't have to live in fear. Yeah. And can, <laughs> and, and can like, have justice for these, for these very foul things that have been mm-hmm. perpetrated on them. Yeah, over and over and over again mm-hmm. without end. And I'm sorry if it, you know, we have to say that the, the Women's Democratic Caucus are the only people addressing this problem right now. But they're the only people addressing yeah, this that's problem exactly right. right now in, mm-hmm. in in broad terms this week. Yeah, you know, and, and, to, to and media companies will have to. And yeah, I guess that's right. that's right. I guess you know. Big corporations have to because they have to, sure. you know, that's bad PR. Yeah, sponsors will, you know, pull their ads and all that stuff, yeah. But it doesn't address what happens to the normal, helpless, mm-hmm. hopeless mm-hmm. woman in in our daily life. Yeah. You know? And to tie it back into the scripture, what we're talking about in the birth of Christ and the the whole concept of resurrection, you know, Christ is giving us a gift of his own life. Resurrection is about renewal. It's about uh, starting all over again. And if you know, like Norman and I have talked about on the Yay, Norman had said, hey, listen, if I have mis- if, if I have abused, let's say, a woman or if I have mistreated a woman based on male privilege, then let me know and, and, and I'll apologize or I'll address it. Um, and I think all of us has to address what we may have done. It may not be. You know, mistreating a woman. It may be anything. It may be a boss who mistreats their coworkers, or um, you know, a husband mistreating a wife, wife mistreating a husband, or family members, or whatever. You can look at this Christmas as a way of saying, "Hey, let me let's start over again." Maybe just you know, saying, "Listen, I'm sorry. I mean, if I mistreated you, if I did something wrong, let me take this time." You know, it's not a gift like a you know a ring from Jared's, or it's not a, a toy that I can buy. But 
let me open up my heart to you and hopefully we can clean the slate and renew this relationship and I can push away my sins if you open up your heart to forgive me. I mean, you know, you can do that. I mean, that's just a suggestion. I know I'm being heavy-handed here, but um, I, I think, you know, that's a way of um, tying it in. That's, that's just personally for you. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the world and whether, you know, who's going to get elected or whatever or, you know, how, where this Me Too movement is going and, and what will happen with the Democratic, you know, the, the caucus and, and all of that sort of stuff. But when we address just us, when you look into the mirror, what do you see? You know, can you address your sins um, can you ask for forgiveness? And if you're a victim, can you forgive? Can you move on? Or is this the time to address, hey, listen, this is what's been going on with me. I haven't talked about it, but I need to talk about it now because I want to have a relationship with you, whoever it may be, which is better than what we had beforehand. I think, I think, I think people who, you know, who are making this, you know, you know, mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah, I'm talking now, and and maybe I'm wishful thinking, mm-hmm. but uh, I think one of the one of the reasons, one of the genera- generosities of of the fair sex, mm-hmm. is that when they do, you know, speak out, mm-hmm. I think it comes from a place like they want to forgive us, they really do, mm-hmm. but we have to ask for it exactly as as gentlemen. Exactly. We have to ask for forgiveness. They, they're, they're, they're probably willing to forgive. Yeah. And it probably forgiveness probably comes easier. Yeah. For them, for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I'd say, that, but the gentlemen need to understand how to ask for forgiveness, and it's not just like a lot of people do. We go to church every week, and we say like, "Oh dear God, forgive us." Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to know what you did. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what you did, right? Understand how you've yeah you've wronged people, right? And then you can ask for forgiveness. Yeah, we talked about this in the in the another podcast. We talked about allocution and so if uh, I've done something wrong, I'm going to find out about it, right? Or somebody's going to tell me about it, or I'm going to dig deep, right? As a guy, yeah. I, mean, I know I have. I can think of a few already. Sure. And, and and I've seen these relationships where someone does something bad, and then they're like, "Well, let's just forget about it. Let's just." Pretend that it didn't happen. I think Al Franken said, like, I don't remember it that way. Right. <laughs> and, well, somebody did. And you, and you put that coat of paint on and, you know, pretend that there's no dirt underneath yeah. instead of doing the right thing and yeah. saying, listen, what I did was completely wrong. Um, and, you I'm, know, this I'm is a faulty why. human being exactly. and I made mistakes in my past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, he may run again. He may. <laughs> he, he, he may he resign may. and run again, folks. Yeah. Get used to that idea. Yeah. You know? And let's see, you know, what... Um, I hope the paint just peels right off uh, off of this thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I really do. I don't want any more paint. Right. No more, you know, that, no more paint on this, saying. on this issue. Let's let's strip it down. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. For what it is. Yeah. Because I think, I think this Me Too and everything is a very mm-hmm. good idea. Yeah. For a lot of things. Yeah. You know? So let's hope this Christmas can be, for some, a time of renewal. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll get there. Yeah. We're going to get through this. Yeah. You know, that's what I was telling a neighbor of mine. Never mind. He's just like, oh, my God, the world or the nation. <laughs> my next door neighbor, he came out and he, yeah. had, he bent my ear yeah. about everything for like oh, an sure. hour. And I was just like, 
you know, brother, we'll, we're going to get through this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this is a bad time, I know, but, you know, this is a time where we find out just how much we need each other and just how good that yeah. is. America is very strong, and like I said, I'm, I'm always optimistic about America. We usually get it right. We do get it wrong many, many times, but we always, re, you know, correct ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we did it in Nixon, with Nixon. We, you know, we did it with, excuse me, other times in, in American history. We get it wrong, but we eventually get it right. Yeah. Yeah. How are we doing? We have hit the one-hour mark. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But I think we I think we covered a lot of stuff. I would say think? so. Yeah, <laughs> it's been. We'll be we'll be back on track next week. Yeah. So um, let let me close it out in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking us up this uh, morning. Uh, now it's uh, getting close to the afternoon. We thank you so much for blessing us with your word, with Psalm one seventeen, and we thank you so much for giving uh, the gift of life uh, to us, and that's what Christmas is all about. Um, you gave your uh, son Jesus Christ to us, uh, who gave his life so that he gave his life, so that we may live on. And I thank you so much for that gift. And it's my prayer, uh, Heavenly Father, that you reinforce in all of us the gift of baby Jesus and uh, the gift of giving, the gift of opening up our hearts and um, and connecting with uh, all of our friends and neighbors and people from different backgrounds and cultures who may not um, believe in what we believe, but um, they're still our brothers and our sisters. And so uh, we ask that uh, for all of us who look at us, that they see the light of God shine through us. Uh, Guide us through your word and um, guide our actions and um, help us bring peace and love into this world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my brother. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, here's my uh, little blurb. Um, Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church, which has made you turn your back on God. You can still have faith. We ask you to listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook or on SoundCloud, and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, which you're probably listening to right now, or on iTunes. Just open up iTunes, the uh, iTunes app, click on Story. Don't worry, you won't have to buy anything. Click Go on Search Engine, and on the upper right-hand side, and search for you got to have faith, and you will find us. If you use an Android app, download the SoundCloud app, or you can go on SoundCloud.com and search for us, and you will find us. Thank you for listening, and God bless. All right. And we are out. <laughs>